Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. Today is Thursday, June 28th. We've got kind of a shorter show than normal for you this time. Uh, I've got one interview. Had a chance to sit down and talk with Oscar Dominguez about the Team USA prospective 14 players, uh, how he feels about the way that's all coming together. Uh, We talked a little bit about action or challenge matches, a little bit about his schedule. Before we get on to that, though, we, as always, we have a little bit of the news. As has been happening for months now, there are a number of top players who have seemed to made, make themselves at home here in the States. Give you an example, over the weekend of June 13th through the 17th, Alex Kazakis defeated Alex Pagulayan at an event over in North Carolina. Now, that was still a decent, you know, that's a $10,000 added event, but normally an event like that, you wouldn't see top players from outside of the U.S. You might see a Rodney, you might see a Johnny, but I don't know if players are here because Efren is doing his retirement tour or if they've just figured out that there's tournaments every weekend they can play in. So you've got Kazakis defeating Paggy Lyon. That was in North Carolina. The same weekend, Superman, Roberto Gomez from the Philippines, was in Virginia winning an action pool tour stop. And then just the following weekend, you had Jeff DeLuna defeating Ronnie Alcano over in Florida. The Florida event was 500 added. I mean, if, if we'd have known here in the States that we could draw the likes of DeLuna and Alcano with a $500 added event, we might have been promoting these events to the Philippines a lot sooner. A player who seems to be on top of the ladies' game right now is Vivian Villarreal. June 14th through the 17th, she was in Calgary, Alberta, Canada for the third annual Ashton Twins Classic, where she went undefeated defeating former winner Brittany Bryant in the finals. Other players of note, Monica Webb took fourth. April Larson took ninth. Kathy Metzinger turned in a nice third-place finish. And if that wasn't enough, after that, Vivian went on to New Iberia, Louisiana for the WPBA Signature event that we talked about in the last show. She had another undefeated win there with a slightly tougher field, defeated Allison in the finals. Ja Lee took third place, which is a real nice finish for her. And Lena Schirschvik took fourth. Lena still sits on top of the WPBA points list. There were a number of top players at that event. Uh, Brittany and Monica Webb finished tied for fifth. Uh, Gerda Hofstetter, Gerda Hofstetter Gregerson, and Gail Eaton finished tied for seventh. April Larson with another ninth place finish, along with Emily Duddy, Helena Tornfeld, Jennifer Beretta. It seems like everybody was there. I know Big Truck was there doing streaming, so I'm sure the video is available out there. Besides that, we had a couple new events that were announced. The World Pool Series has scheduled their third event. This time it's 8-Ball. It'll be August 7th through the 10th at the IDM Club in Bucharest, Romania. Considering how the European players have supported that tour, well, honestly, a lot better than the U.S. players. And 
when you hear the interview with Oscar, he touches on that a little bit. But considering how the European players have have helped to support that tour, it's no surprise at all that Darren and Shirley uh, held an event there. So we'll see. I can't imagine the U.S. players are, are going to go to Romania to play in it. Uh, it. It sounds like it'll all be European players. It will also be a Moscone Cup points event for the European players. So I expect a, a pretty huge field for that. The other event that was announced was the North American Pool Tours Desert Challenge. That'll be at Griff's in Las Vegas, September 20th through the 23rd. That's a Division I Pro event for the ladies, which means... The likes of Karen Kaur, Brittany Bryant. Um, I know they've had Lori John for some of the past events. So that should be some of the top ladies in the field. And we are going to sit down and talk with Adriana from the NAPT here fairly soon. Uh, She's going to talk about the open division that they're starting this season. Trying to bring that regional tour qualification system over to the open game so the men can get involved in that too. That's just about all I've got right now for news. So we'll move on. I'll let you hear the conversation that I had with Oscar Dominguez talking about Moscone Cup and challenge matches and a few other things. Very proud to be joined now by Oscar Dominguez. Oscar's not in Iowa right now. You said you weren't playing the one pocket? No, I decided not to play the one pocket. Try to limit my time away from home. Is one pocket a game that you play a lot of? Uh, not really. I mean, more recently, I have been dabbing in it uh, just because there seems to be more, well, what's the word, I guess, action um, in one pocket than there is in rotation pool for me. Um, I'm way behind in one pocket, so I, it's tough right now. I'm, I'm kind of in the in the learning process right now. You know, we, we have a lot of one pocket here in Arizona. It seems like everybody, yeah. except for maybe the Scott Frost of the world, and maybe he doesn't even want to admit it, it seems like everybody is still learning one pocket. Well, yeah, that's true. Everybody's, uh, <laughs> everybody's learning, but I'm, I'm, in a, I'm still crawling. I'm not even walking yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a lot of one pocket action out here. Yeah, we do. So I'm going to start getting more involved into it just because there's, when people always ask me, you know, I'll play you one pocket, and meanwhile, they know I don't play. So now when they say it, maybe they'll think twice about saying, we'll play you, play you some one pocket. <laughs> you know, on the subject of, of action or challenge matches or whatever we want to call it, you've always been active, but you seem to be really active the last year, maybe 18 months. Oh, yeah, of course. Um it's something I've enjoyed and it's something I have a good opportunity. I have a good stake horse, probably the best stake horse in, in the country. I mean, uh, I just have a good group of people behind me. Really. It's what it comes down to. And, uh, they've given me opportunities to play that I wouldn't really have otherwise. Um, before I always played my own money out, I, I was whatever I had, I'd fire. Um, in the grand scheme of things, it probably wasn't the best idea because if I took a hit, I would be crippled for a while. So now I can take a hit and jump back up and fire again. So it's a lot easier to play big sets when you have people who believe in you just as much as you believe in yourself. You as a, as a tour director, mm-hmm. 
Do you think that challenge matches as they are, do you think that's something that's always going to be a part of the game? You know, it seems like tours, I mean, take, for example, Darren's tour. You know, he's, it's that goal that a lot of tour directors have had, you know, I'm going to make the game more professional. You know, you were there for the tournament in Texas where, uh, you know, body made all the players play in vests and all that. Um, do you see, I mean, our action matches, are they always going to be there? I think they will. Um, I don't see it going away anytime soon just because the state of the game um, I guess caters to it. For example, you said Darren's event. I didn't go to a single Darren's event just because, not because I don't support Darren. For me to go to New York, that's an easily $350 round trip ticket, 200 a night hotel, 500 entry fee. For me to break even over the course of five days, you're talking about, I got to get fourth place um, or better against the best players in the world. Whereas I can go to the pool room, match up, play a thousand a game one pocket or uh, set for five or 10,000 when I make X amount of dollars and lose, I come back the next day and try it again. So financially speaking, it's just smart for me not to play some tournaments. And I just feel like, you know, human beings are, our nature. We gamble. We, we like the casino industry keeps growing it's not going to slow down. People's people like to, you know, the addiction of gambling is just too powerful. I think for most people, um, I just don't see it going away anytime soon. Um, if anything, I think it's going to flourish more, um, within the next couple of years. Cause I feel like a lot of poker, uh, players are coming into the scene and there's an influx of bigger opportunities that there hasn't been before. Um, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm, I'm seeing poker players play pool for six figures a game. I mean, it, it's astronomical. Um, so why wouldn't you want to play for money? It, 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 I see people who say, oh, who frown upon gambling. <laughs> first of all, gambling is not personal. If I, I, I would play my best friend for money. It doesn't matter because the thing is, it's my best friend who's going to beat me if he beats me. I want the best for him. And it's, it's always been, uh, I've always seen, oh, I don't like to gamble with this guy because we're too good of friends. That's, it's the biggest misconception. Like a lot of people, some of the, my best friends I've gambled with. And, you know, win, lose, or draw, we go out, winner buys dinner, and it's no big deal. We're professionals. So... I just think that it's going to keep flourishing. I don't see it going away anytime soon. And a guy that plays at your level doesn't have a problem finding matches like that? I mean, are you, are you having to give up crazy weight or? A little bit of both. I feel like uh, I have to play a lot of tough games all the time. Um, for example, Ruslan Chinikov. Uh, that was the most publicized match I've had in recent times. You know, I played him in Russia. I beat him. I played him at the Derby. I beat him. He beat me at the U.S. Open, and he beat me in L.A. But, you know, it's just everyone thought I was getting robbed. But meanwhile, I had beaten him twice already. So it's it's just a matter of, of going out there and putting pushing yourself to the limit. And uh, I think that's one thing that I'm 
I'm really proud of my stake horse, my stake horses, because they, they says, yeah, go ahead and play. If you like the game, play it. Cause they know I don't play a single game that I wouldn't bet my own money on. So it's just, I don't have a problem because I'm a fair gambler. A lot of players at my level or above do have difficulty matching up because they're terrified of losing. Um, they're not willing to take risks. Um, like for example, I just had a high profile match that fell through recently and this particular players, I know for a fact, terrified of losing. I just know that's the way that's all it is. Cause if they say, Oh, how can you lose the Oscar? It's going to make them look bad. Whereas if I lose, I'm supposed to lose. So, you know, it's just, I don't have a problem really. Um, I can give up big spots and I show a lot of, a lot of fairness and courtesy to my opponents. I beat them and I respect them. I don't make fun of them. I don't, uh, if you notice a lot of players, they, they start getting real brave when they win or they start talking trash. That's the worst thing you can do to somebody, disrespect them. So, you know, I treat people as I like to be treated. If I win, I expect to collect. And if I lose, I just pay off and thank them for the game. You know, as sad as it is, I don't think that's a common thing with pool players. No, it's terribly uncommon. Um, and it's, and that's what keeps away all the stake horses away from pool. And I really feel that because if you're putting, for example, Mike, you work very hard for your money. If you put, let's say, X amount of dollars on me and I get mad because I miss a ball and I snap my cue in half and I give up on the match, you're not really going to feel like putting me back in the other game, are you? No, not at all. It's just not at all. You're going to say, why is this guy pissing away my money that I work hard for? So, you know, if you lose, it's okay. Lose fighting, but don't give up. And uh, I just feel like uh, that's why I stay in action for for the most part, because people see that I fight hard. And I was told by a player once that it was difficult to find action for him because he was either a huge underdog or the guy that he was playing was going to put moves on him. Do you find that's still the case? In a very rare circumstances. I mean, there's a handful of players that um, I would never recommend anybody to play. Um, but no, I mean, for the most part, there is action out there if you look for it. I mean, if you're willing to travel and willing to get a little bit of the worst of it, sure, there, there's action. It's not as bad as people say it is. Before we get on to the big topic of the interview, um, let's move over to the tour side of things. How's the tour going? Um, extremely well. Um, actually, it's gone much better than I ever imagined. Uh, my wife was... Uh, obviously a big reason behind it. She uh, wanted to incorporate the six, which is off our handicap system. It's uh, originally was a seven, eight, nine, seven for open eight for semi pros and nine reserved for professionals. And she wanted to introduce the six, a lower ranked um, for people who are Fargo rated. Yeah. Five fifty and below. And I told her, I'm like, I don't like it. I mean, I don't know. It feels like it's going to be too complicated. And it just seemed to have really brought out a lot of the beginners and the APA players, the league players who are normally shy to play the bigger events. So we've been averaging about 100 players an event. 
in the past six events. And you've got good sponsors on the tour. Yeah, Mez has been uh, great from day one. Uh, West State Billy Supply, as you know, they're they're pretty big behind uh, the West Coast Swing, which is coming up soon. Um, they're huge, and then obviously I got JB Cases and Zan Tips, Turtle Rex, and Tony Rodriguez. A couple of independent um, Jam Up Apparel. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody there. Eddie Cohen Custom Cues. Um, but yeah. Off the top of my head, that's, I mean, it's a great group of people, um, Aramith and Simonis. So it's it's nice to have all these people uh, kind of back your ideas, I guess. It's, it's pretty cool. Well, but you have to admit that, that part of that support comes back to what we were talking about in just treating the game with respect. And I think people inside of the industry see that. Yeah, I'm sure. Cause, um, I guess everyone's hesitant to work with a lot of people, but, you know, luckily we have a good foundation. We started off small and we kind of created, I guess, a product for lack of better terms. So, and we've invested our own money into it. So it's kind of like they see that we're risking too, you know? Um, so it's, it works out. And I, I think the players are happy. They see that there's no bias, um, no favoritism. My wife uh, actually scolded Efren Reyes one time because he was playing chess while in a match. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, Efren, like, was shocked that anybody would stand up to him, you know, like, would yell at him. And Desiree's like, I don't care who you are. You respect your opponent. And she's right, you know. <laughs> so I think the players see that. And uh, we have a, a really good group core of people who follow us from event to event. And they just love pool. You know, they're weekend warriors who, who love to play. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's not even like going to work. And it's not even like a regular pool tournament. It's more like a reunion of friends, per se. Well, and that's the way it should be. Um, you, mm -hmm. Do you have tour stops coming up? Where are you at with the tour right now? Um, right now, we kind of hit a hiatus just because um, I had a great influx of things that I had to make sure I didn't... Uh, conflict with the whole Moscone Cup trainings, the West Coast swing, um, my daughter's birthday, stuff like that. I just had a whole <laughs> bunch of dates. We do have a next tour stop August 25th and 26th. That's going to be in LA in Plush Pocket in Northridge. So we have one there. Then I have one more scheduled in late September, which I haven't announced yet. But I just want to make sure that the date's solid and I don't move it around once I announce it. And for listeners who aren't familiar with the tour, they can get information online. What's the URL? Uh, MezWestStateTour.com. You had mentioned uh, West Coast Swing, and we talked before uh, we started recording. You're only going to be at the, at the Arizona and the Vegas events? Yeah, that's correct. I, um, I have the Des Moines uh, Moscone Cup training to go to, so that's going to kind of mess up my schedule in the beginning of the West Coast Swing. And then I have a wedding for my good friend, Melissa Herndon. So I just figured it's just not worth rushing uh, to try and do everything. So just relax, take that weekend off, practice, and get ready for, uh, you know, Arizona and for uh, Vegas. Well, I know we're looking forward to seeing you here in Arizona. Yeah, thank you. 
All right, well, let's let's move on to the big topic. Uh, you're you're going to Iowa for a reason, uh, Moscone Cup. Mm-hmm. Tell me what what your thoughts are on the way it's being done this year. Um, I like it, believe it or not. Uh, just because I think what Johan's trying to do is create some type of discipline in, and structure in American pool. Now. I would still like it, even if I wasn't among the 14 or 16 players, whatever it is. 14. He announced, he announced six. He announced 16, by the way. Just oh. A disclaimer: there was 16 original. Two people um, elected not to follow through. One of them was a high-profile name, which everyone's well aware of if they're on oh, Facebook. Yeah. And the other one, I'll respect and not mention his name, but he's also a top player. But he did not want to do the same process. Um, he didn't want to go through with the process. So he actually named 16 players. Um, two people um, did not want to follow through with the requirements. And the one high-profile player that we that everyone knows about, there are fans out there that say Team USA has no chance without him. Um, do you agree with that? Um. In some way, yes, I do agree with that in, in terms of individual one-on-one on paper. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. I wouldn't be playing if I thought I was going to go there just to donate um, or attempt to try to get on. Um, I feel like Shane's specialty is one-on-one. Obviously, that's that's his bread and butter. Um, it's hard to play doubles with Shane. I'm not saying that I wouldn't play with doubles. If I have, if there's one American player I want to depend my life on, other than myself, it's going to be Shane shooting that ball for my life. Let's get that clear. But to say that somebody's not capable of playing well in a race to five under those circumstances, it seems a little seems a little far-fetched because there's a lot of good players in America who can play and beat Shane Van Boning or Jason Shaw in a race to five. Um, now, Shane, obviously, I feel like the opponents are going to play a lot tighter against Shane than they would, for example, I don't know, Kyler Steyer, for example, just because he doesn't have that reputation, but that doesn't mean he's not capable of beating any player in the world. Oh, definitely not. I've watched the kid play. Yeah, he's playing great. Um, you know, I just used him as an example just because you know, I know he wouldn't get offended one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's I really don't think it's it's like cut set in stone just because Shane's not on the team. It's kind of like saying if you don't have I don't know, Joshua Filler on team Europe, you can't win. No, or or anybody. It, it's a team effort. Um, it's a matter of you matching up the right way, finding guys who are going to play well under those circumstances and taking it from there. And, and the boot camp and everything you're on board with that. I think it's marvelous. Um, if you look at any major sport, baseball, basketball, there's a spring training, there's a training program, there's a boot camp. There's every single sport has an off season where they train and they figure out, what the final roster is going to be. Why not in pool? 
why don't you have a pool of players to select where you feel is going to be best for victory? I mean, you know, Johan might come across as a little bit uh, extreme, but the guy is actually pretty smart. Like I learned more with him in, in those boot camps that we did out in uh, last year. I learned more with him than I had in years. Um, I'm excited for one to go to the boot camp. I love the boot camps just because I improve as a player. Um, and that, what, why wouldn't you want to improve as a player? That's what seems odd to me that as a professional player, and I told Shane this, why wouldn't you want to get better? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to work on your game? It's an investment in your game. And I know Shane's probably beyond what he can learn, but what if he learns one shot? It's worth it to him. Um, that's why I disagree with Shane, honestly. Um, but he's, he's in a different place. You know, he's got sponsors. He's got uh, other sources of income. So he has a luxury to say no to an opportunity to make the Moscone Cup. A lot of people like myself, you know, we're not on the Moscone Cup every day. We don't have this blessing. You know, you're going to see guys like Mitch Ellerman and Tyler and Justin Hall and Bergman. They don't have this opportunity every day. So they're going to really, really put 110% behind every shot, behind every boot camp to, to make the team. It means more to them than I think it means to Shane, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, looking at the 14 players, there's Corey and Dennis up top. And between the two of them, they've got... 15 Moscone Cups of experience. But if you go down from there, there's very little experience after those two players. Do you think that's something that we need? Or does it come down to experience? I mean, it's tough to play under those conditions if you've never done it. Yes, it is. Um, Experience does play a role. I mean, there's so many situations where experience will carry you through. But experience takes you only so far. I mean, I want a guy to make the ball end of the day um, for Team USA. Like if one of the most blaring examples, um, and I actually had a a phone conversation with him, was Mitch. I think Mitch would be, I don't want to pick out names, and I hope Johan doesn't hear this, and I don't want to affect anything, but whatever. I think Mitch would be great for Moscone Cup because he's quick fire, fearless, and just shoots at his hole. And a lot of times you need that. Um, experience or not, he's going to fire at you and he's going to go for, you know, the club, the breakout and, and shoot to win. Um, I'd rather have that than a person with a ton of experience who's going to be hesitant over the ball. You know, there, there's a number of, of players that you might expect to be on the list. Um, do you think that's a problem with, with the ones that are not on the list? You think they just, you think there's a fear of losing? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, really, um, the people who are on that list, for the most part, are the most active players. Um, I just, I mean, sure, there's always a couple of little ones that could be on, um, but that's that's what Jeremy and Johan did. I mean, they, they did their homework. They're not going to just pick somebody because they're, they're nice people. They see, like, you know what? I think this person would mesh well with that person or vice versa. Um, you know, and that's, 
And if I don't, I'm not saying like I'm on the team. I know I'm not on the team. I mean, I was on the team and I didn't play well last year. And I, for whatever reason, I dogged a couple of shots here and there. Um, I'm considering myself as an equal to every single other one. Um, if I don't make the team, I have no problem supporting them. That's, but I just, I'm just glad I have the opportunity to be considered. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, those 14 players are the most active, to be honest with you. They're the ones out traveling, grinding away. Um, I mean, who do you have in mind that you think should be on there <laughs> out of curiosity? Well, and I'm not necessarily saying that they should be on there. I'm just saying that the the names that we expect to be on Moscone Cup, and, and maybe maybe it's just that we're in a different period, you know? You don't see the Archers and the Rodneys out there playing nearly as much as as the players who are on the list. I mean, these these players are, exactly. you know, half of them are, are favorites in just about any tournament they play in. And, you know, there's one or two that I think your average fan may not know, but I'm positive. I mean, I've seen all of them play, and they all shoot lights out. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, but Archer's, Archer's been semi-retired. Same with Rodney. You know, they've been out of the game recently. So that's why it wasn't too big of a shock to me that they weren't considered. Um, but yes, on the grand scale, they definitely are worthy and more than capable of being uh, on the team. I'm not saying that. But it wasn't as surprising to me not to see them on the list, as you would assume, just because they weren't active. Um I think there's certain value to be said to those people who are making the sacrifices, you know, grinding events across the country and across the globe. Have you talked to Johan or Jeremy about what they're looking for, um, how these boot camps are going to work? No. Um, believe it or not, I had I had a I had a talk to Johan months ago, right after home Moscone cup when we lost. And I told him, I says, you know, next time you're in the States, um, you know, we'll, we'll get together so I can, you know, have like a, a private training because I, I wanted to work on some things on my game. And he says, yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch. And then he got nominated for the coach. And I said, Hey, you know, when are you coming back in town? Cause he, he gives lessons to somebody, um, on the East coast. I said, I'll, I'll make a trip out. And he says, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I don't want favoritism when come selection time. I want everybody to be an equal. So he doesn't talk to me or anybody else. He is 100% neutral and unbiased in his selection process. Um, he's removing any, I mean, really, there's no favoritism because we got our butts kicked last year. <laughs> I mean, I don't think... He, I, whatever I've done is kind of out the window. <laughs> so I haven't really talked to him um, anything about the selection process. I just know that we're doing the boot camp in Des Moines and then in Vegas. And from Vegas, there's going to be the team's going to be narrowed to go to Russia and uh, international uh, to Belgium and England eventually. And what are your thoughts on Johan as a captain? That was kind of a controversial pick. Um, I think he's great. And I'm saying that with 
zero bias. And if he doesn't pick me, I'll say the same thing. I think he's the best coach I've ever talked to or worked with. Um, the knowledge he has of the game is is very impressive. Um, I figured somebody who doesn't play at a high level could never really coach me, to be honest with you, but I was totally wrong. He knows his stuff. And if he were to, you know, and here's one of the things that I was talking to my wife about. I, I hate to, to go around in a circle, but if Johan was to say, I'm going to have a boot camp for free for the first 16 European pool players and not Americans here in America, which is essentially what he's doing, he would have a waiting list of players crashing at his door to get those free lessons. Yet the Americans don't. Why is that? It's, it's mind-boggling. It just seems, why wouldn't you want to learn from somebody who's proven to coach the best players in the world over and over and over again? Why wouldn't you? It, it just seems, it, it's, I don't know. It just seems like it's a mistake on our part if we don't try to support this. But you've, from what I from what I've seen over the years, you've always been someone who was looking for every. I, I don't want to say. Well, okay, I'll say edge, but it's not the way it sounds. You've always yeah. looked for a way that you can learn and become a better player. And I don't see that, like you say, in in a in a lot of the players. Yeah, I think it's it's just well, we all want to. If you're doing this for a living, I mean, we need to we need to learn every day. We need to realize that, you know, I honestly, well, the first time I took Johan's training, I realized how much I sucked. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm a terrible pool player. I can't do this drill at all. I I found a lot of flaws in my game and. I think it's it's helped me, um, but it's just I think I think we I think Team USA is in 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 good hands to be honest with you. I don't think we're we're in such a bad spot as the public are putting us in. Well, I think all of the fans hope, along with myself, that that is the case. I you know I know that having spoke to to Luke. It's not really an issue of having to win it this year, but you know he has said that Team USA has to show some progress. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of pressure on Johan too. You know, he's he's going to x up the best player in America, so I mean, he's got a lot of heat on himself too. So you know, he's going to be either a genius or a fool. Um, <laughs> Come December, I mean, <laughs> but you know, he's going to do what's best for him, what he thinks is best, and and us as players, we got to do what we think is best for ourselves as well. Well, and he has the pedigree, you know. The, I, I yeah. understand that a lot of people don't like the fact that he's not an American coach, but he has the pedigree, and like you were saying, that you don't, you were at a point at one time where you didn't think you could learn much from somebody who wasn't a high level player, you know, that seems to be right. the mentality in America. And, and 
maybe that's part of what needs to change for for not only Team USA to compete, but you know, for the Americans as a whole to Yeah, it's the Americans as a whole. I'm including myself. Like I need to work on a lot of things. I realize and have the proper instruction. I mean if I never knew I had a problem for so many years and I and Johan found my problem. A lot of problems with my game show. It's it's a good thing. Well, let's see, Oscar. I know you you're off to Des Moines here pretty quickly, and then mm-hmm. you've got freezers, you've got Vegas. Uh, it doesn't sound like you're going to make Turning Stone. I uh, no, I'm not making Turning Stone. Not not that I'm aware of yet. Are you going to make it to Pat Fleming's event? Uh, I am unaware of. Oh, the International Open. Yes, I will make it. Okay. Well, and we're going to have more than enough opportunities to see you out there, and I certainly wish you luck starting this weekend in Des Moines and, and leading all the way up to early December when we're looking for a, a win. Oh, God willing, I'd make the team off. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I won't keep you on the phone any longer. I appreciate your time. Uh, no problem, Mike. Thanks all for right. the call. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, that was Oscar. That was interesting to hear that there was another player besides Shane who was going to be a part of the list and turned them down. I don't know who that player was. If if you know, I'd sure like to know, and I'll do my best to find out who that was. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk to them. I don't know if we're going to have a show next week. The plan was not to have a show, but we've got 13 more guys who are trying to qualify for Moscone Cup and and a limited amount of time to try to get a chance to talk to as many of them as possible. So either next week or the week after, we will have at least one more of the prospective uh, 14 players and possibly we'll have a chance to talk to Adriana over at the NAPT. Thanks for listening to American Billiard Radio. Dave, we're all thinking about you. (laughs) 